Welcome, Fruitball fans! Another Friday, another exciting review! On today's episode, we discover our mutant abilities, we learn about a bear proverb, and we get a surprise guest appearance of Slenderman in The New Mutants, released in 2020. As always, there will be heavy spoilers, so please watch this film first if you don't want it spoiled. Now that the spoiler warning is done, grab a snack, pour a drink, and get comfy for today's episode of Fruit Bowl Weekly. Fruit Bowl Weekly and a can of Coke. I'm Ramra, joined again by Kitchen. Rar, XD. And onto a quick synopsis before the main review. The New Mutants is a horror action superhero film about Danny, a young girl who has just gone through a tragic ordeal. After getting knocked out, she then wakes up in a strange facility and told that she is a mutant by the mysterious Dr. Reyes. Danny, along with the other mutants in the facility, must discover the true reason as to why they are stuck there, and along the way, confront and come to terms with their own horrific pasts. So, The New Mutants is basically Fox's last X-Men related film before it like fully goes back to Disney slash Marvel, I guess. And I gotta say that this is a horrendous way for them to go out. <laughs> it feels like such a desperate struggle. Like, this film literally feels like they have just made a funeral film, <laughs> just to put it to rest. <laughs> so... Just to quickly go over the main cast. So we have Blue Hunt, who plays Danny. We have Maisie Williams, playing Rain Sinclair. We have Anya Taylor-Joy, who plays Ileana Rasputin. Charlie Heaton, who plays Sam Guthrie, I believe? Guthrie? Something like that. And we have Alice Braga, playing Dr. Reyes. And we also have Henry Zaga, who plays Roberto Dacosta. And... Those are pretty much the only people you see in this entire film. With the exception of Adam Beach playing Danny's father for about two minutes. But other than that, it is a very small cast of characters, which I guess is a positive, since there's not many like names or many interweaving characters that you have, so that's pretty good. However, the film falls short in a lot of areas to do with the characters that we've been given. So if we just start off right from the beginning, the film already gives you that B-movie vibe, which isn't good for a film that has, like, what, 80 million in its budget? Something like that? Yeah, between 60 and 80 million. And you'd think only having a few well-known actors and actresses in this movie will allow them to expand the writing to be yeah. more in-depth with those few characters. But, no. but it's not, no, it's no. no. It's, uh, again, kind of like the uh, very first Justice League, the characters kind of just don't have character. <laughs> they are yeah. mannequins dressed up in a weird way. And given a sub story. Oh, yeah. Like, given a very lovely five minutes each to be like, I am a sad, lonely child, <laughs> <laughs> which is every character in this film. But. The, the problem is, is that The New Mutants classifies itself as a horror action superhero film, I believe. Like, those are the main three genres that it classifies itself as. And this film should not have had the horror tag, because that absolutely ruins any any sort of good 
action or good character development or really anything in this film because they rely too heavily on trying to make it a horror. Agreed. They do fall into a few horror tropes and have a couple of very, very poor scream jump scares, which yeah. are completely ineffective. There's one fucking scene in which Roberto basically sees, like, his girlfriend is set on fire. You know, it doesn't get explained very well, but you see the creature for a long enough time that it's like, oh, there's a creature there. And the only thing that would really shock anyone is when Roberto turns around and screams, and it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> the horror genre there isn't for the audience, it's for the characters. Yeah. Because... For the audience looking in, we see many of the horrors before the characters do. And because of this, it doesn't have the same effect on us as the audience, as the character who sees the creature for the first time and lets out a blood-curdling scream. Or the one time where Roberto just turns around and blasts a Slender Man, which isn't yeah. horror at all. I'll add, it is also quite difficult, as well as a partially novel, to make a horror superhero movie, since... We're used to seeing demon creatures from hell, nasty monsters, and horrific scenes inside superhero movies normally. Yeah. Like in the Wolverine X-Men movies, we see child abduction, child experimentation, we see kids dying and being forced to commit violent acts. Along with that, there's also like Days of Future Past, I believe the film is, in which all the X-Men get horribly slaughtered in front of your eyes. <laughs> and um, X-Men First Class, in which Magneto slowly pushes a coin into the main villain's skull. And it's like, the, the context isn't horrific. Like, they're not in a horrific situation, but just the act that they do is horrific enough to maybe go, ooh... You know, yeah, oops, like, oops. there's clearly some form of like body horror mixed yeah. in with a lot of the mutant stuff, which makes sense. The sad thing is, is that this film has the basis of being a really good new group type of superhero film. Because the shells of the characters that we get are actually really, really good. Like, they all at least have unique abilities. You know, you get to see one scene of one of them practicing with their abilities, which I think is a really good scene. But the problem is, is that th that's all it is in this, is it's just a shell. And they've decided to fill that shell with just a bunch of edge. Ooh, so much edge just, in teen angst. Just unbelievable. Just that edge in there. It's like, oh. Oh, it's, it's so bad. <laughs> It really is. I mean, when one of your first lines for a character is just being a massive racist, it's yeah. like, what? Yeah, that's, that's oh. very true. Yep. The first, one of the first heroes we get introduced to, Ileana, just opens up with some Native American racism, just, just straight out there. Not one or two comments, a fair few. And we get it. We're supposed to hate this character. She's supposed to be edgy because she's an angsty teen, as they all are. Because this movie is a very angsty teen coming of age movie. It's not a horror in the slightest. No, it's not. That style of writing is so amateur. I, I, I could think of a hundred different ways they could have had a character come off as unlikable rather than just say, she's a blatant racist. Yeah. And then not only that, but you can tell that the writers themselves were like old men. Because yes. they make period jokes? Yeah. What? Why do we need this character to be racist and sexist to her own gender, regardless of what you think of her gender, and still end up 
trying to be a hero and liked by the main cast for some reason. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't get that. She's not a bitch throughout the entire movie. She's poorly written as some sort of scapegoat for saying bad things. Yeah. Like, um, one of my issues with this is that it literally feels like they've took a personality trait, not a full personality. Yeah. And they've injected that personality trait into each one of these characters. Like, Roberto is just the sex pest. And yep. Ilyana's the clear racist. Sam honestly has more personality than the rest of them, but he still kind of fits the bumbling buffoon aesthetic in a way. He's he's also just the nice guy. Yeah, he is also just the nice guy. He's shaggy. Uh, <laughs> you know what, yeah. <laughs> Except they they do a decent amount of developing him because they do a really good bit with him where it shows his like massive amount of self-hatred. Like you can mm. see that some of his injuries are caused by himself because he feels bad about what he's done. And I, yeah. you know what? For as character development goes in this film, I'll I'll take it where I can get it. <laughs> but for being the more level-headed character, he does seem to lose his shit fairly easily when faced with his nightmares. Yeah. But his nightmares appear to be no different to the trauma he's suffering anyway. It's not like it comes out and attacks him or anything. No, and it's not like it's something that just comes out the blue, like it's, it's a big shocker. It's like yeah. he knows this. <laughs> I felt like his outburst was a tad out of character because he goes from being the type of guy who thinks he deserves to be locked up and wants to stay away to keep everyone safe to immediately flipping yeah. and thinking, I want to go. I don't want to be here anymore. Immediately. Yeah. From one scene to another, he just flips. So with that, it just shows that this film does so many things wrong with the characters while doing the tiniest bit right because it feels like when it does one thing right it does 10 other things wrong <laughs> because it focuses too much on the traits of horror and edge it really does so like yes we have sam getting some development but he's also got to fit in with the rest of the edgy crew so we've got to give him angsty outbursts it's like what he is yeah. literally the only level-headed character in this film. They've taken B-movie horror tropes and put them in a superhero movie for, like, borrowing actual IP from Marvel yep. with real developed characters with real abilities and decent backstories. They've twisted all of that to turn it into horror tropes, ignoring the actual lore of the characters in their final bid to help the studio? What? Oh, how is this supposed to help Fox? I know this was their final one, but were they expecting to destroy the new mutant <laughs> so Marvel couldn't use it? Yeah, like because that's what it such, feels like. Just creates such a bad name. It's like even when it's back with Marvel slash Disney, everyone's going to be like, no, oh. no. The other characters, such as Danny, her character isn't a character. Her character is literally she is the main protagonist, and that is about as far as her character goes yeah and that's and that's annoying you can have that in a big scale adventure because in that case it's more the protagonist meeting up with party members to make up for their weaknesses whereas in this she's the protagonist she'll start the film she'll end the film and that's it but they need to add some development in so they decide to put in a very forced homosexual relationship with her and rain yeah. which is really annoying because Rain, then, her whole character, just becomes an accessory. 
Hell, her character doesn't even exist without the other characters existing. And that really annoys the living fuck out of me. There's no problems with having a same-sex relationship in a movie. No. But in The New Mutants, it's incredibly forced, it's tacked on. And you can feel like the tension between the actresses from the moment they set eyes on one another. And whether intentional or not, it's super awkward. There's no romantic development between the two. It just sort of happens. Yeah. And it happens in a way that is unnatural even for teens going through the motions. <laughs> yeah. And the whole problem I have with Rain's character, it's not just that she's an accessory just to be like, oh, Danny now has a love interest. It's also the fact that throughout the entire film, she is also just the punching bag. Like, her attacks are very ineffective. Every time she's in a scene, she's getting hurt in some way. Yeah. Whether it's emotionally or physically. And really, the only types of scenes in which she shows, I guess, heroicism or heroic nature is when she's saving Danny. And the only mm. reason she's doing that is because she's in a forced romance plot. And she's a weird vent stalker. She is indeed a very <laughs> weird vent stalker. Everyone knows at the start of a relationship, the best flag to have is waking up to someone peeking at you from the vents. Oh yeah, that's a person I want to be in a relationship with. Oh no, it's, it's, it's bad. And I mean, Ileana, again, she starts off a racist... She finishes, I guess, less of a racist, or not racist anymore. I will say that her character, it would have probably been the best one, because really most of the intriguing horror themes in this film happen because of Magic's past, or, sorry, Ileana's past. Yeah. And instead of that, they just go, she gets scared by these people she has possibly already killed. The film sort of throws that in the air. And... She's an edgy teen bitch. <laughs> it's over the top. That's my problem with uh, Ileana's character. She could have been a mean girl. She could have been a bitch. Fine. But every line she says has to be the the worst possible thing a person can say. Yeah. Why? I get that maybe they were trying to create a character that was trying to push relationships away. But that's not shown well. No. It just comes across as her being the most unlikable person in history. Yeah. Yeah. So why are we supposed to enjoy this character? The issue is, is that there's characters that exist where the writing for that character is you're not supposed to like them. Like, you yeah. can take some of the most famous villains in stories, for instance. Like, everybody loves the Joker because he's written well, even though the Joker is a massive maniac. Who he's an abomination, just, yeah. He's horrible. He just, kills people for fun and his attitude's fucking shit but we all love him just because he's so over the top with how evil he is he's kind of a character that almost couldn't ever exist in a way whereas when you write a character like this where all the mean shit she ever does is just i'm gonna call you a name and then walk away it's like what yeah. you're not even a you're not even a strong bitchy character you're just gonna insult and run or attack because someone's diminished you a little bit. Literally try and kill someone. Yeah. For no reason, really, other than they talk back to you. 
And that, that's just, that's terrible writing. That is someone who clearly looked at some teenage attitudes or patterns or something and just went, okay, so they they swear a lot, you know? They, uh, in, they insult people. That's going to be nearly every character. What's that? Teenagers like to fuck? Well, uh, that'll be a character. Yeah. The living embodiment of a literal sex pest. It's like, it's- ugh. It's, it's written in such a way that makes it feel so out of touch. Like, they don't understand how teens think, let alone females going through what they're going through. Yeah. And yet they have forced lesbian relationships, period jokes, and just edgy one-liners that are hateful, only to later turn around and say, yeah, I'm your friend now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, dumb. but maybe I don't want... Maybe I don't want to a racist, possibly sexist woman who has killed people and gloats about it as my yeah. friend. No, God. Now, based on how much we've sort of shat on these characters, you might think, oh, but the story's gotta be good. No. No. No, story's story's not good. Story's ass-backwards and nonsensical. Doesn't really make much sense. And doesn't really do anything truly exciting. Like, really, the bare bones of this story is that they're all here because they've killed someone either by accident or purposefully, and they've all been either taken in willfully or knocked out and, I guess, kidnapped, and they're supposed to develop their powers. Then, as they go through their lives living here, now that Danny's joined, their fears come alive, they, I guess, learn to get over them and sort of fight back, and then a giant demon bear kills the professor woman, and... Sam throws a rock. Yeah, and that, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> and that is the plot. <laughs> and while he could be throwing the rock, which is, I think it's the piece of coal he got from his father, as yep. almost symbolism of him finally breaking out of his cage, they don't do anything to show this. No, no they don't. There's not even any subtle nuances. I only realised after the fact that maybe he's throwing the coal, because I was like, why do he throw the coal? That's the thing that his father gave him. Well, maybe he's doing that because he's finally getting over what happened. Yeah. At the time, there's no music, there's no symbolism, there's no, there's nothing that would give you that idea. Much like when uh, Ileana attacked Danny and then says, maybe she's immortal. Maybe I was just testing that. Some could argue that she was threatening to attack her to force her powers to manifest. Yeah. But it doesn't come across like that. No. And this, this plot, I say, <laughs> oh, God. It makes me sick just saying that. But um, this plot also tries to make you feel sorry for the characters by having barely any backstory for them, but it's Mm. thrown in at points where they get attacked by their past. So you're supposed to immediately make a connection, immediately feel sorry, and then immediately feel glad that they got over it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like sympathy bait. Every character must have a horrible, tragic backstory. They don't need to all have a horrible backstory. I liked it when Roberto was basically the guy who was just rich, manifested the power, and got sent to the the school or hospital to try and cure it. I liked that. I thought that was quite fresh, because not everyone needs to have a horrible backstory. You could just have a normal guy that's there. Yeah. Who hasn't accidentally killed people, you know? Who just has a power that's manifested in a way that is dangerous, so he tries to check himself in for help. I was perfectly fine with that. And then 60% of the way into the movie, turns out he set his ex-girlfriend on fire by accident and she died. (laughs) Yeah. Why do we need that? Well, 
that's the thing uh, with Roberto that I absolutely hate. And to be honest, he is probably the least important character in this film. Yeah. But his backstory isn't a backstory. His backstory is just a plot device. So we get the reveal of his mutant powers. So really, to me, Roberto does feel like a character that when they first made him, he was just the rich kid. Mm. But as the script developed, it was like, no, now we've got to have this, you know, everyone else knows what each other's powers are, but Roberto's got to be the secret one, in which we don't know what his power is, because it's attached to him burning his girlfriend alive. But when does the audience get to see this? Like, within three minutes of us learning he even had a girlfriend, him being attacked by his burnt girlfriend in the swimming pool, and then him using his power. And that is the last amount of backstory or even personality or character that gets added to him. Yeah, and on the topic of Roberto, wouldn't it be cool in this horrifying scene if we suddenly broke the tension by pushing him into a swimming pool with a broom? Because... (laughs) That's not scary. That That's just <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Make your mind up. What sort of movie is this? There are tons of comedic moments in this movie, and I don't know if they're all intentional. No, and that's why this is the thing that I just can't fathom. Because this feels, with some of the scenes, like it is just meant to be a group gets started, watch all the wacky antics as they learn to control their powers, and then they fight against the evil doctor. Because surprise, surprise, Dr. Reyes is literally just an evil doctor, as they all are. You get scenes in which the comedy almost follows directly after what is supposed to be a genuinely horrific or, I guess, emotionally shocking moment for the characters. Yeah. When they're all being attacked by Slendermen, and Ileana is so mortified that she runs into her limbo realm, which doesn't make sense because if she did kill them in the past, I'm sure she'll just be angry to see them again and finish them off again. But forgetting that, Sam finally gets the courage to fight back. And when he does, instead of being this horror scene with a horde of leech-face-looking Slendermen coming after him, he dashes through them all and he breaks them apart like Lego. Yeah. That's silly. (laughs) That's why you can't have horror like this in a superhero movie because they fight shit like this all the time in normal superhero movies that the only way it would work is if they somehow lost their powers or were unable to control what they were fighting against but they seem to easily be able to handle the situation the only horror element comes from their scared reactions at the beginning nothing that the audience feels is horror yeah i mean all of this is just one giant plot device just so that Danny's abilities can be used. Because I feel like also the only reason they all have tragic backstories is so that Danny's abilities in this certain continuity make sense. Because I suppose that if they didn't fear anything, then Danny's whole role in this story would kind of be pointless. Yeah. Now, I'm not opposed to them changing the abilities and powers to fit the movie canon instead of the comic book canon. But they have changed a lot of things about each character. For example, Danny's ability isn't to produce physical, real-life manifestations of fears. It's just illusions. And what they've established in the New Mutants movie canon is if she feared something all-powerful like Satan or something... That would have manifested with the abilities of Satan. (laughs) 
So she has the ability through her own fears and lack of control of her power to create literal deities as long as she's yeah. afraid of them. Because that giant ghost bear she makes is not weak by any stretch of the imagination and none of the other children with very powerful abilities can even square up to it. No. Which means that Danny's able to produce things that far exceed other people's abilities just by thinking of it. Yeah. Which, to me, completely ruins the character's abilities because it makes her incredibly overpowered. It also kind of feels like the rest of the either cast or characters were also kind of confused about the change. When the Slendermen come out in full force and have taken off their smiling masks, they're like Deadpool from the Origins film. <laughs> I will say, though, that their overall design is actually pretty good. Linger's yeah. a bit too long for in some cases, but when there's more of them, it looks a little better. But when Ileana's confronted with this, and, you know, she's shitting bricks and she's about to run away, Sam's like, no, just... Stop Stop thinking about it. It's imaginary. It's fine. It won't hurt you. Even though the Slender Man actually hits him and he gets hurt and it also clearly contradicts that these are not imaginary. <laughs> well, the branding from the Catholic priest, the Reverend Craig, played by Happy Anderson in the previous scene, shows that they can physically affect the world around them and they're not illusions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Illusions would have been fine. Illusions, and not knowing whether it's real or not, is a horror element. Yeah. When you make it so, yes, they can be affected by physical things, it means they can also be fought back against. Yeah. And they can just easily be decimated or destroyed when you've got a character yeah. that goes from, like, one to a million in the span it takes anyone to blink. It's like, yeah, you <laughs> creating stick figures isn't going to survive that. They also completely changed Ileana's abilities and some of her lore. Yeah. In the comic books, she is actually one of the siblings of Colossus. Yep. Absolutely no mention of that in the New Mutants. She is just a girl who was abused by Slendermens. Yeah. There's no mention of how she obtained the sword because they don't tell you what her ability is. No, no, no. In the New Mutants, they just have you make up some idea of what her ability is and it appears to be manifestation of her imagination which could be anything again much like, like Danny's like Danny's ability yeah where she she could imagine a kaiju and there it is <laughs> yeah but what her true ability is is just teleportation through like dimension walking into limbo yeah now the new mutant sort of seems to imply she created limbo from her mind but that's not the case in the no, canon. No, yeah, it's, it's odd that. it's it, That doesn't make any sense, along with, like, the toy stuffed thing immediately becoming real due to, like, imagining it or something like that. That's dumb as fuck. So, even though the abilities are whack, they're not explained, the characters are honestly just really garbage. Even the one good one, Sam, is still not really a character. He is the most well-acted character, though, I yeah. will say. M mumbles a bit. M m like a banjo, Mumbles, yeah. uh, you know... Uh... <laughs> Sounds like fucking Boomhauer from <laughs> King of the Hill. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's... The story also is just nonsensically simplified only around the horror aspect and that's just really boring because you get no development. It's literally just, what is Danny's power? We figured it out. Bear fight. That That is the story. 
the bear appears like four times. Yeah. The movie opens with inside you there are two bears. bears. And finishes with that exact thing as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just like the inside you there are two wolves thing. It's not original. Sure, it might be based on some folklore, but do you really have to say it like that? Do you really have to keep coming back to it? Just, yeah. Making the analogy of having two bears, one is fear, like one grows with fear and one grows with bravery. That's cool because that does sort of relate to the movie and how the characters have to fight their own fears only to overcome them with their own bravery and abilities that they were afraid of using because of the negative impacts they've had. Tragic backstories and all that. Except Ileana, who just straight up (laughs) killed a load of pedos, I think. So good on her. But then, halfway through the movie, they decide to make this weird baby rattlesnake story. Oh, yes. Which is... The exact synopsis of the movie, but replace mutants with rattlesnakes? Oh, yes. I mean, we all know baby rattlesnakes are unbelievably dangerous when they're babies, but when they grow up, they gain the control. And that's... it. It's the movie. It's the movie! <laughs> we're watching this movie. Do, are we, do you really think we're that dumb? Or do you really think that you can't write a good analogy <laughs> or write a good story so much that you have to literally tell us the plot of the movie in the middle of the movie. Yeah, I mean, fuck's sake, it's, it's Josh Boone's The New Rattlesnakes. We all know this <laughs> film. <laughs> I don't... Why is that even there? Along Alongside that, there's the super edgy bullshit yep. when uh, Dr. Reyes is about to kill Danny and starts going on about some... Like villain monologue about putting down her pet dog as a kid. (laughs) Would have made more sense if she said that to Rain, but okay. It's just like I was a vet once and I put animals down. That's the exact same as what I'm about to do to you. It's like... uh, Jesus. uh, Now, with this being a superhero film, you might think, right, okay, the story can be schlock, the characters can be bad, but the effects must be amazing. And honestly, I'd say kind of maybe 30, 70 on it being kind of good looking. There's a bit right after Danny escapes from her lovely tree hole at the beginning of the film. And she's running away from what is the bear? I mean, it fucking roars like a bear. It's giant and they do the bear proverb. There's no mystery of what it is. There isn't. Everyone's tragic backstories is them using their powers accidentally to kill someone. Yep. Or on purpose in Ileana's case, because she doesn't need any development because she seems to have all of her powers immediately for some reason. (laughs) Yes. It's safe to assume from the very beginning that Danny was the cause and it's because of the bear. Yeah, because of the bear. Yeah. But when she's running away from said bear, you can clearly see that it's like her running on spot or maybe on a a treadmill. treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> of her just running from this background that's slowly shaking side to side. Oh. I'm like 80, 80 million, somewhere around that <laughs> realm. And that is the best running away from a giant demonic presence oh. you could do. There's also no interesting shots. If you love watching teens walking through fucking blank, dank ass hallways, we've got the film for you because it's this one. <laughs> Uh. The fucking, the bear, like, this is one thing that I saw that I absolutely laughed at. I'm pretty sure you can almost see Reyes when she's in the bear's mouth floating on, like, the upper level of the bear's mouth. 
<laughs> and I could just imagine them pulling on the strings just to make her fly around while the bears got her in it and mouth. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus. Well, the thing is, I do like Cannonball's, uh, Sam's effects. Yep. And I do enjoy Ileana's effects. Yeah. They're quite well done. Now, the spooky smiling men, very bad CG to reality. There's no blend. It's obviously weird ass looking CGI. Yeah. And the bear I thought looked good the first time I saw it, but then at the end of the movie, it just devolves into this mass (laughs) where 99% of what we're seeing is CGI. Yeah. And it's just fucking... It's like, that's one of the biggest issues with uh, this film as well. Because there's there's scenes that just look dodgy, but that might be due to the way that it's filmed. Like, I think Ileana doing the little fucking thrust strike when she flies out of the portal looks jank as fuck. That that felt disjointed. But your final climactic battle is supposed to show your characters working together to overcome this evil. But one... You don't know what the fuck your characters are doing when it's just a mess of CGI. Like, honestly, (laughs) I wouldn't have even known Sam hit the tooth out if they didn't fucking animate the giant tooth flying out. True. Yeah, same. And the climactic battle is bollocks because the only reason it's there is just so that Rain can use the power of love to make Danny, who doesn't even snap out of her unconscious state because of Rain, she snaps out because her dad tells her to grow the fuck up. (laughs) And then she wakes up to go, I'm... I own you, bear! Hey, big guy. (laughs) The fucking suns get real low! (laughs) And the only reason they start working together, or at least Roberto works with everyone, (laughs) is because Sam tells him to nut up. To nut up! (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, Oh, but, I mean, I, I, I do agree. I agree that Sam's effects of being cannonball are really good. And yeah. magic's sort of, or uh, Ileana's ability to instantly go metal arm, get the soul sword, open up the portals, that sort of stuff does actually look really good. But that is where all the budget went. Because the the hallways, the rooms, the scenes themselves are emotionless. There's just fucking nothing there. It's not just the CGI as well. There's a scene where Danny runs face first into the uh, bubble, yep. the force field, and the blood on her nose vanishes at will and reappears again. <laughs> yeah. Every time it cuts, her wounds are in completely different places every oh, single that's, time. That's, that's not good. That's bad. There's the shot of the church that seems like it's been like oh. collaged onto the, yeah. onto the film. A fucking stock photo image. <laughs> Like, I, I, the problem is, is that that's definitely a real building. But the way they shot yeah. this, it looked like it stayed in place while the background moved. Like it was on like a fucking yeah. conveyor belt or something. I mean, it's possible the background was an effect. Yeah. And it just didn't look right but, the way they positioned it with the real image. My God, you could just slap the fucking stock photo sort of watermark on that and you'd have a perfect image. <laughs> There's also, it's a very small scene, didn't really affect me much, but you can definitely tell it exists. There's a very big ADR section in this, in which for about two seconds, you can tell that the actress that played Danny dubbed over her lines. And yeah. the issue is, is that you probably wouldn't have noticed if there was a big middle bit of 
anyone else speaking, but there isn't. It cuts from her sat down speaking to her getting up and saying her lines, definitely dubbed over, this is the real me. It's like, no, doesn't, doesn't. And it shows the sort of the standard of quality this movie has under its quality control. Yeah. Because even in something as simple as audacity, we can add some natural sounding reverb in two seconds. Yeah. That's what's missing. There's too much noise removal. It's too clean. Yeah. Every character in that scene, including Danny herself when it's not dubbed over, has a small amount of reverb from the room they're standing in, which sounds natural. That sounds fine. But then suddenly you get the slightly more bassy version of her voice that has noise removed completely. So it's almost as if it's her thinking in her head. Yeah. <laughs> but her lips are moving. It's, uh, it's, it's not It's not good. For... I keep going back to the budget, but for something that's 80 million, you expect your money to go on a decent film. While we're talking about the uh, the ADR and having to retake things, shall we talk about the acting for a moment? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I knew from the very beginning this movie would be a doozy from the moment Danny's dad spoke. Oh, yeah. Oh, because yeah. It's, the most, it's the most wooden emotion... I've ever heard in a superhero movie, a, a big superhero movie. Because it's just like, you stay here, be safe. I need to go help the others. <laughs> you know what? Even then I reckon you had more emotion than that than he did. <laughs> like, the, the thing is, is that, right, the scene is, everyone's dying. There's big explosions. His entire village is being attacked by an astral bear <laughs> that's part of their Native American folklore. And... <laughs> The thing is, is that there's this one guy, I laughed at this, there's this one guy who, I don't know why you see him or whatever, he's just running, but he runs and does the best scream while he's running across. (laughs) And the thing is, is that that, followed by, Danny, stay in this hole, I have to go back to get them. (laughs) No, no, Dad, don't do it! I I have to, bye-bye, robot walk. It's like, ugh, no. The the opening line of... Inside you, there are two bears. Followed by that dry-ass acting completely sum up what the whole quality of this movie is like. Yeah. Because that's the opening scene. That's supposed to get you. That's supposed to hook you. <laughs> oh, no. But it's laughable. <laughs> and they try and fake you out by having it be this big explosive moment. And it's like, no. Just because you put some pretty flowers over a piece of shit doesn't mean we're going to not see the piece of shit. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I can definitely smell it. Oh, the thing is, is that all the characters in this are stereotypes, but Sam does a good job, and most of the actors, if not all of them, have been in relatively high-rated shows or have been better acted or directed in other shows. But my biggest issue is with our quote-unquote main villain, which is Doctor Reyes, because she is so monotone throughout this entire thing, except for when she's bleeding out and about to crush these kids with a force field. Because then we get the best acting out of her for about 30 seconds before she gets eaten by a bear. We get genuinely good acting for two seconds before her demise. (laughs) It's like, oh. Everything else is just neutral. It's very passive. It's like she took the whole movie to warm up, and by the time she warmed up as an actress, they killed her off. Oh my god, it also makes me laugh at the fact that this film actively stops itself from being good. It's like the film (laughs) is a fucking living being, and then as soon as it goes, oh, that's a good bit, it deletes it from existence. It's like, no. (laughs) 
Oh. Just like I said before, it seems like they're sabotaging the New Mutants themselves, <laughs> so Marvel have a harder time establishing it once they give it back. <laughs> it's like, no one's going to watch this piece of shit. We've ruined it. We've got you now, Disney. It's like, oh. <laughs> but with the exception of Sam, because he was good throughout, yeah. it feels like, even though a lot of these actors and actresses have been given good parts, good roles, or come from good roles previously, it's almost as if they were given the character notes the weekend before they started shooting and had no time to prepare. Yeah. Or they were given characters that were so tropey and unrelatable that they couldn't act them with any genuineness. Yeah. It's like they they were given one-note characters and then if they asked, you know, would I be able to add this flair to this character? They were like, no, we've read three pages of the wikipedia article this is the character be the character yeah. <laughs> and it's and it would be no good these actors saying oh well i read the comic book about this character and it seems like they're no um actually in this movie that doesn't work like that but you know in relation to the actual sort of i guess comic book accuracy of the characters i mean you know cannonball aka sam he goes fast. That's accurate, you know. Fucking <laughs> Roberto. I guess his name's Sunspot. I've never heard of the character. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. He he flames. You know, <laughs> there's there's not much with those characters that you can do. Yeah. Similarly with Danny and Ileana, their powers aren't expressed. They're confusingly portrayed in the New Mutants. Yeah. Sunspot's power is supposed to be solar absorption. And then using that power, he can generate other abilities, such as flaming on or creating like a carbon armor and stuff. He does some of these in the movie, yeah. but it's never explained of how his ability works. It's just, I get hot sometimes. Yeah. That's it. That's his explanation. I get hot sometimes. (sighs) We do understand that they're not completely aware of their true abilities yet, but I'm sure he would know that if he stands out in the sun, he feels stronger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he feels weaker at nighttime. That would make sense. But as far as comic book accuracy, physically... I do think Ileana and Rain do very closely fit their characters' appearances. Yeah. They're very similar looking characters um, and they're very well designed for the movie based on the comic book characters. So there is a good sort of relationship there, but many of the others just don't fit or I guess they didn't feel the need to make them fit. Yeah. I, I feel like it's one of those in which these two, honestly, you know, I feel like the casting or the look at these characters is we've got a guy who sets himself on fire cast anyone we've got a guy who can move fast cast anyone oh we've got a teleporting witch that's arthur based and holds a soul sword that she can pull out of her ass we need someone specific for that look up what she looks like we'll find someone similar what's that we've got a a girl that's basically can turn herself into portions of a wolf or a full wolf Get a girl that looks like her. Look up an image. And then we'll use her as a punching bag and plot device. Yeah. (laughs) Just to make it so people will find it harder to hate on the movie, we're going to put in a very badly written lesbian relationship. Yeah. So if you say, I don't like this movie, people can argue, straw manning, people can argue, well, you might be homophobic then because it has a very good lesbian relationship. You must hate lesbian relationships. No, I just hate how the scene's written. (laughs) And on that note of, I guess, awkward dramas or relationships, 
one last note is that the actual director and I guess partial scriptwriter Josh Boone, he previously has, I believe, directed like dramas or romances or something like that. One involving some sort of love story about, I guess, a cancer patient. Yeah, it was two, two teenagers that were cancer patients. It's one of his most highly rated movies. Yeah, and based on that, he can, he can clearly write emotional to the heart type of scenes. Yet, because this has been tagged on with so many, I guess, genres that he's never done, you know, superhero, action, horror, I'm going to erase that one, Edge, oh, the lovely fucking fourth genre on this film, he he, he doesn't know how to write characters that fit that base, and there is nothing more obvious when you watch this film. Yeah. Rain is just an object. She's an object to be sexually awkward. Yeah. That is all she's there for. She has no development. From the beginning, she was awkward as heck, spying on a girl in events. She confesses in the church she masturbates. Yeah. She has this awkward scene where, almost like fanfic, my immortal style, her eyes change to dog eyes. And obviously her romantic interest is like, oh my god, they're beautiful. <laughs> it reminds me of a very fanfic-y, twilight-y sort of deal where it's just unnaturally written. Yeah. You can say her eyes are nice, yeah. But does it have to be that like drab that forced it, she's just there as an object and for the only sort of real relationship in the film from someone who's i guess written more good relationships than bad for it to be literally just yeah they're they're together now why because they look to each other it's like oh oh yeah no yeah but overall, The New Mutants is a fucking, it's a disaster of a film. Like, the th- the biggest things that get me is just the fact that for a superhero film, every scene is dry and bland. The amount of money spent on this doesn't excuse the fucking treadmill running or the ADR. And just no. the amount of edge pisses me off so much that I I have to give this film like a 3.5. I'd give it a 3, but I feel like Sam and some of the effects do bump it up from being a 3. But it's no, nowhere higher than a 3.5. I think a 4 is the possible maximum. And that was my original idea when I was first watching the movie. But thinking about how little effort went into making this... For the, for the budget it was given and the IPs it was using, it's a massive disappointment. I don't think Sam's great character and the few times they had some good effects actually make the movie any better. If anything, it shows what it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I would have to give it a three, purely because we saw tiny glimpses of what the movie could be and everything, absolutely everything else drags it down. And on that note, Fruit Bowl fans, comes the end of the episode. As always, don't forget to follow us on Spotify and all other major podcast platforms to catch new episodes every Friday, or support us directly by going to anchor.fm forward slash Fruit Bowl Weekly. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fruit Bowl Weekly to keep up to date with Fruit Bowl news, any giveaways we may be doing, or to catch our fan pick review polls every four weeks. Please send any feedback or any Fruit Bowl episode ideas to us at fruitballweekly at gmail.com and we will see you next week see you then